What radio, the music you want. With your host, Geez Dan. Excuse me! Radio What. Com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, the What Makes You Famous podcast, coming to you live and in living color from the downtown loft in Conway, Arkansas. And here is the owner of the downtown loft, Miss Belinda Boyd. Say a few words about New Year's and the New, Ce- New Year celebration. Any words of wisdom for the people? Well, my name is Belinda Boyd, and I am the uh, owner of... Uh the downtown loft and we're having a new year's party and so i'd like for everyone to come out and have a good time and my new year's resolution is to uh be healthy and happy and rock on tell people how they can get a hold of you and the downtown loft if they want to book an event here okay my website is www.thedowntownloft and uh, my phone number is 501-428-0010 thank you so much belinda boyd Thank you. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. I think I'm putting a little twang on that. I've been living in Arkansas a little bit too long. You know, I'm from I'm from Miami, and I think my I'm starting to get a little twang. DJLittleRock.com. I think I just put it on that one. I hope I didn't make anybody mad. DJLittleRock.com. That's a little bit more middle Middle American, middle of the road, what the broadcasters want to hear, djlittlerock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you could have me, yeah, me, Keys Dan, at your next event. You know I like to play for the people. I like the weddings. I like the birthdays. I like the bar mitzvahs. Yeah. I haven't done a bar mitzvah since I was in Miami. I need need to find one of those in Arkansas. Maybe maybe you'll have me just travel to wherever you're having one. I appreciate you. Corporate events and the video dance party karaoke jams. Those are my specialty. It's all my specialty. How can you be a how can you have a specialty in everything? Well, people keep asking me to come back, so I, I guess I can keep doing this job. Uh, I'm excited to play for the people. Have equipment will travel. Today on the program, more people that have equipment and will travel. Mankind's Remedy. They're a band out of Louisiana, and you get to hear them in your little ears in the next few minutes. Excitement. Excited to talk to Mankind's Remedy. This week's shows, let's see, it's uh, the beginning of 2020. I hope your New Year's celebration was good. I do have to tell you a little bit about my my New Year's celebration. I was at a, a new venue. I say it's a new venue. It's a new owner of an old venue, but they have updated it. I was up in the downtown loft in Conway, Arkansas, from the New Year's celebration. Uh, Me and uh, I think it was about 50 people. We could have probably stuffed another 50 people up on that roof. It is a nice venue. I've done a lot of weddings, and I think I did at least one birthday party up there when it was uh, the rooftop at Michael's. I think that's what it was called before, but now it's it's on the third floor, downtown Conway, Arkansas. It's owned by a nice lady named Belinda Boyd. She is just lovely, and she wants to do great things. She just took it over, I think, in October of 2019, 
and she has already put decorations up on the walls. Just really has has turned that place into a, a really nice venue. There's indoors is probably big enough for 50 people, and then outdoors is another 50, and then as people want to traipse in and go out, it's indoors, outdoors, on the third floor, in Conway, Arkansas. Can't say enough about this venue. Great for weddings. It's already got an arch uh, that's set up outside, so if you wanted to have your wedding on the rooftop outside, and it doesn't, it looks, okay, you can tell you're on a rooftop, but there's also flooring and decorations, and it's painted up real nice. I can't say enough. You just head up to the downtown loft in Conway, Arkansas. Consider that as a venue for your any occasion. Anybody who, you know, 100 people or less that need to be entertained. They have a kitchen, and there's a bar already set up there. So that is a nice uh, thing about that venue. And I encourage you to give Belinda Boyd and the downtown loft a call. It was just so much fun, so much fun. And she made it so easy to work with her. She was just the sweetest lady, her and, and her her fella. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check out the downtown, downtown loft in Conway, Arkansas. And please, hey, if you're there and you need a DJ, consider hiring me. Why not? <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug. This week's shows, hey, if you do want to see me play, and you want to be a part of the show, I encourage you. There's two shows that I have this week. I'll be at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas on Thursday night from 6 to 9. That's my family-friendly video dance party karaoke jam. So bring everybody. It's a fun after-school, after-work treat. They got the best barbecue in, in my humble opinion, anywhere. I've had barbecue other places they smoke their their chicken wings uh, person my personal favorite and uh pretty much everything has that nice smoky flavor i think their prime rib sandwich is back you might want to check that out prime rib baby it is soft chewy and delicious enjoy it and that's over at the old post oh they also have frosty beverages for the adults in case you care to imbibe but i do keep the music family friendly so uh you could bring your grandma come on Bring them. Bring the kids to the old post. Thursday night, 6 till 9 in the p.m. You're the stars of the show. Karaoke time, baby. And then on Friday night, my adults-only show. That is the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Friday night starts from 8 p.m. until almost 2 in the a.m. Yeah, real long, real late, and you are the stars of the show. It's the big room the stage is yours. Video dance party, karaoke jam. They got the full bar. Isn't uh, Conway in Faulkner County? Isn't that a dry county? Yeah, we got the alcoholics to prove it right there. <laughs> full bar it is fully stocked. The kitchen is open. Once again, they have chicken wings and burgers and Jersey Girl pizza. Check that out. I tried some of that Jersey Girl pizza recently. It was delish. I tell you, it lives up to the hype. They also have the pool tournament every Friday night. So if you want to make some money while you're hanging out on a Friday night, I encourage you to do so. Talk to Jimmy and get yourself in the pool tournament. This week, I was informed they have a break and run, and the pot is up to $1,000 plus. I think uh, Jimmy told me before he left it was $1,012. So that's a pretty big pot for a break and run. So if you, you've got any idea of how to play pool and make some 
hole uh, balls in the holes uh, you know I, I don't play pool uh, uh balls in the buckets in the pockets yeah that kind of thing put the stick in the okay i'll stop doing that <laughs> it's just a uh, give give it a shot man maybe you can get your your part of one thousand plus dollars yeah make some money and then uh hey if you if pool's not your game you can head out to the party patio they got shuffleboard shuffleboard foosball darts i'm still kind of iffy on the drunk people with darts idea it's uh, something that's kind of getting to my head. But thankfully, the darts are way out in the uh, in, in the party patio. They also have a giant Jenga game and giant checkers. So while you're waiting to sing a song with little old me, you can have some fun. And we have a huge dance floor. So come out and shake your booty at the Rab, Conway, Arkansas, Friday night with yours truly. And as of right now, I still don't have anything to do on a Saturday. So if you have a party that needs some entertainment, DJLittleRock.com. Give me a call. <laughs> you could check. Uh, you can check the price quote right there. You don't have to call me and say, "Hey, how much you charge for that?" No, you can get that quote by yourself. Look at that in in the privacy of your own home or wherever you're at. All right, party people. I think I've talked your ear off enough. Uh, let's let mankind's remedy uh, talk to you. Uh, I got turned on to mankind's remedy. Uh, I was li- watching them on, well, I think I found them on either Instagram or, or Twitter, and I I caught up with uh, Brady Price. He's involved with the band, and uh, you'll find out how he's involved with the band in just a few moments. So uh, let's talk to Mankind's Remedy, Brady Price, calling Brady Price now. Hey, this is Brady. Uh, they're going to turn the music down here in a second. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to put you on speakerphone so everybody can hear you, okay? All right. Yeehaw. All right, guys, this is Keys Dan. Dan, these are the guys. Hey, all right. Mankind's Remedy, I'm guessing. My name's Keys Dan. You're on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. And I guess you can go in order of... Uh, uh, of best to worst part of the band. Ooh, I'm gonna start a band fight right off the bat. <laughs> Who's the All most right. important uh, part of the band? Speak up, Traven. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Since since I know Brady best and and uh, he's officially a Facebook friend, uh, Brady, start with you. Uh, give the people a little idea of who you are. Uh, that's a good question. I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Um, but no, uh, these guys, uh, they make great music, and uh, we're here because of that, and because I believe in them, I believe in their music, and um, there's there's nothing more to it than that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where this is all going, but uh, I like it so far. Okay, nothing more to it than that. All right, interview's over. Thanks for uh, coming on the What Makes You Famous podcast. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you can introduce the other guys in the band, and they could say a few words about uh, who they are. Well, you, you can't see him uh, through all his hair, but his name is Traven Hargrave. Uh, he's from around my area, and uh, he does the lead vocals, uh, comes up with uh, the basic composition of the songs, and um, 
Uh, here he is. Say hi, Traven. Hey. Yeah, I just do my thing and I make my little slaves work for me. Ben and Mason. Mason is our bassist. Yeah. Ben is our drummer. He's well, Mason is more than just the bassist. Oh, yeah. You do like Mason does a lot stuff. of the music production that's going along with this now. Yeah. Um, and uh, he comes up with a lot of good production ideas and things to do with the song. So uh, he's pretty much just as big a part of it as anybody. I pretty much take the regular song and make it sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, give. I, I'm looking at your Facebook and I'm listing uh, four people, but I only see three people in the pictures, in the photographs. It's a, a three-piece band or a four-piece band? It's a uh, three-piece. Three-piece. So sound off. Uh, what's your name and what do you play in the band? What's your position in the band? Uh, each one of you. I'm Traven and I do the guitar and the lead vocals. And I'm also messing around with a little bit of the recording with Mason this time. And, uh, you know, looking at synths, stuff like that, seeing what to add. Both going to collab on that, all that stuff. And I'm Mason, the bassist and, uh, um, n- noise, non non melodic guy. <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> uh, and Bennett Bennett is unfortunately not here with yeah, us. Bennett's not here. He's our animal drummer, the Beast. Uh, he had to leave to go to work uh, just recently, so we laid down uh, all the rest of his drum tracks this morning in the studio. Um, but I'm also his father, and the one that uh, bought him his first drum set. And the second one, and all the other stuff that went along with it. So, yep, I'm I'm pretty well heavily invested in him and uh, in the band, and um, we're glad to be here today. Okay, so Brady is not in the band. Brady's the band dad. He's like the guy that makes it makes everything happen. Like uh, we wouldn't be in the studio right now. Yeah. I can dig it. It's all coming together because I, I know the videos that I saw have three of you and. I, I didn't, yeah, I saw that they were very young, uh, and you, how, how young are you, uh, the three members of the band? Mason, you're 17. I'm right? 17, I'll be 18 in February. next month, next month, yeah. Yeah, I just turned 18 in August on the last day, and then it's about to be 19. I was February. about to say, yeah, is he 18 yeah. or 19. Yeah. And what city is Mankind's Remedy located in? Uh, we're out in the... The middle of uh, Vermillion Parish, which is uh, southern Louisiana. It's out in the country. Um, but the individual member, like Traven, lives about five miles down the road from us. Uh, Mason now lives here in uh, Lafayette. And, um, you know, Bennett, my son, uh, he also lived uh, down in Kyle Island. And, but, you know, now he's living in Lafayette. So basically all the band now is living in Lafayette. I forgot about Traven. He lives on campus yeah. at UL uh, majoring in music. So all the guys are in Lafayette now, so they're still kind of all together in the same area. All right. Does everybody study music, or is this something that you picked up on your own? Uh, how did you get your start? And, and we'll start with, uh, well, say your name, and then say how you got your start in music. All right. So I'm Traven, and damn, I don't even remember, like, how old I was, like, I know I had a toy guitar for a while, and I, d- I wasn't really into it at first. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just got into it. But I actually started with, like, Cajun music. 
with uh, the Babino sisters. One of them was teaching me guitar. Well, tell me a little bit about the, about the Babino sisters. They, I, I think I might have heard. Well, I mean, the, I know Babino is a pretty uh, common name in in Louisiana and in the Cajun parts. But, but are are they someone that that did something? I I'm not familiar um, with the Babino sisters themselves. Yeah, I believe they're. I'm actually not sure what they're doing now. I think they're like a country slash like Cajun band. Didn't one of them uh, teach music with you? Yeah, it was uh, Gracie Babineau, and uh, she did, like, acoustic guitar, and she sang, and her sister, Julie Babineau, did a bass, I'm pretty sure, and I think she also plays piano, and I know uh, she's probably closer to, like, my age, because I remember her going to school with me for a little little while. So how was it uh, starting with the Cajun music? And uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Is that Zydeco music that you were uh, into? Um, you know, I don't even know if I was really like too into it. Well, maybe at the time. Yeah. But then I got more into rock and I kind of just stopped listening to like country and stuff. But uh, I know my parents still like it. So. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> They're yeah. the ones that get you your start in music. Uh, you that, know, I, I noticed that you're playing a lot of the, the what would be called classic rock right now. How come all the stuff that I listened to when I was on the school bus is now classic rock? Oh, yeah, I'm old. But you must have learned that from someone. You must have, have had a taste of that from your parents. I'm guessing that they were in charge of of the radio in the car uh, of what records uh, were put on the turntable and, and kids, I, kn- I know some of you are getting back into records, but a lot of people don't know what records are. Uh, these are MP3s that, that are uh, melted into wax. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can explain it any better I, I, or, or worse, <laughs> but who got you your first taste into music? And you say hmm. you started with Zydeco, but who was playing? What, what was the first things that you think, you were hearing as a young person, as a young lad? You know what? I think what first got me into music was sometime when I was at Bennett's house, we had another friend with us, Rylan. So this was like way back. And he showed me Nirvana. And I feel like that's what made me start wanting to like make my own stuff. And, you know, I was kind of like a little wannabe Nirvana dude for a long time. And then, uh, yeah, we started jamming more. I think I was at Music Academy in Lafayette for a while, too, learning guitar there. And first, I just started, like, basically, I'd have a teacher who would teach me, like, cover songs. So I was just sitting there learning songs. Then eventually, I got into vocals. And then I did a theory for a while before going to college. And now I don't go to Music Academy anymore because I have to pay for a dumb old college. Well, you actually did some studying in music. Uh, you, you actually took some lessons. Uh, a lot of these people are, are watching YouTube videos and, and just learning on their own. Now, you say you started with, uh, well, you you uh, got influenced by Nirvana. Was it their music or watching their videos or a little bit of both? Uh, was it the style that Kurt Cobain had, you know, just uh, watching him? Or was it listening more? Um, I think it became like listening more because, you know, the first one that we 
the first song that he showed me was, of course, Smells Like Teen Spirit. And we were like, youngs, we were really into that one. But then I ended up not so into that one and more into like their obscure stuff, like Milk It and stuff like that. So I kind of learned how to appreciate more of like the odd stuff. Yeah, and, well, the the smells like Teen Spirit was probably their breakout video. It, it yeah. had a lot of production value in there. So if you wanted to get a sense of of what Nirvana looked like, and maybe not necessarily, you know, I feel like that video as as big as it was, as 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 stunning as the video was, I don't think that that. Well, I mean, I can't speak for Kurt Cobain because I never knew the man. But it seems like it's something that that a record label would produce for them. I, I feel like when I watched him unplugged, that was more of of a raw feeling of him. Uh, you know what? What is your thought on this? Um, I think so too. I'm not sure. I remember hearing a little bit about it. Like I think their first two albums were probably like with producers, and I think he produced incesticide like mostly on his own right yes. and like i actually really love that album too it's great yeah i'm not gonna look any of this up uh, i like fuzzy facts i like stuff that uh, just comes out of your head raw uh, so nobody who's listening to this podcast look this up at all <laughs> don't check any facts this is great no and uh and, and, and hey nirvana is a great place to start they, they definitely ha- have put a footprint on the music uh, zeitgeist, if you, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, and maybe that is the best word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I remember '94 uh, was uh, uh, huge, huge, and then when he died, it was just that, that was it. It solidified his legend. So that I mean, uh, people to emulate. Hey, the, you could do a whole lot worse. Uh, but uh, branching out from Nirvana, what else touched your fancy? What else tickled you? And and uh, is influencing your music now? I think after that might have came like classic rock. I think I was listening to that for a while. Classic then, rock uh, such as? Let's see. Uh, I guess uh, would Metallica be classic rock right now? I, I guess it has to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, born in, born in the late uh, 80s and now they're classic rock. Yes. Yeah, I'm I old. Re- Are you really yeah, Brady, we're getting older. Top of my head, but like. A little bit of David Bowie. How about some, Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Led Zeppelin. Uh, y'all I'll still probably have uh, heard did some Tom again. Petty. Y'all kind of got into that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aerosmith. So, it's just so too hard, hard to right now. We're still trying to produce an <laughs> album in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are all the bands that, that it seems like are influencing you. And uh, have... All right. Uh, and I've talked a lot to Trevor uh, Trayvon and... Who are the other ones? Uh, who's the other one in the room there? Mason is, Mason is here with us, too. Mason. So, All right. Yeah. Now, uh, we've talked to Traven and Mason. Uh, let's hear a little bit of your voice and your influences uh, from what's... How, how did you get started in music? Uh, uh, I believe my first music memory was playing rock band because that came out when I was around, like, four or five I don't know if anybody's, if you if you know anybody who's played that game, it's it's, it's awesome. Uh, you, and I was great at it. I was like too good at it for the age I was at, like six or seven. And that's how I got into a bunch of songs. 
Uh, that's how I got into rock. Um, I mean, my earliest musical memories are really, really blurry, so I couldn't tell you exactly what I was into until uh, about four or five years ago. I started, like, I started listening to... <laughs> Like, I started finding music myself, started finding other bands that I liked. And rather than just, like, listening to whatever, you know, my uncle or dad put on or whatever. And uh, I was obsessed with this band called Highly Suspect for about two or three years. And so, I mean, kind (laughs) of in and out. I mean, uh, Mason did a cover song for one of Highly Suspect's mm -hmm. uh, tunes called Wolf. He did it on a grand piano as a solo. That's yeah, also out on our uh, like Spotify and stuff like that. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Look for that. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Now you do okay. So I'm I'm listening and I'm hearing Mason and Trayvon have Trayvon have different, very different beginnings on what got them into rock music. You were playing yeah. video games, and, and that I got never, you into uh, music. Yeah, I never took any lessons or anything. I've just I. I guess I naturally just developed an ear for it and I can't it's like it's like a sixth sense to me kind of um well I for I mean, one am jealous I'm jealous of people <laughs> that can that can just pick something up by ear uh, you know I I know of people that play the piano and guitar and drums and and yeah. many other instruments they they pick them up they hear a note and then they try to emulate that note on whatever instrument they're on and yeah. they have it. They they get it. No lessons. Not reading any music. Uh, how, how, yeah. How, uh, which of the two of you can read music? If if either of you, I kind of can. I'm sure Traven can, but I same. Yeah, I, I kind of can. Not I'm not great at it. I would much, much, much rather playing by ear. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm trying to hear, like. Or did you pick up whatever, whatever little taste of? reading music how did you get a hold of that uh, was that something you learned online or was it in school uh, in high school um, yeah in, in in band but we were both in i met Traven and bennett in a in a high school drum line in a school called kaplan high and uh and we, we were both in that <laughs> i think you just triggered him all right let me try it again let me try it again kaplan high yeah oh he didn't uck for me he didn't uck <laughs> you yes, said Traven. <laughs> you said Kaplan High, and he went. Ugh. <laughs> so yeah, was we, that triggering, Traven? Did did you have a uh, what was your experience in high school? Oh God, it sucked. <laughs> well, yeah. what sucked uh, about it? Uh, just like you know, everybody's a teenager. You know, people could be pretty like terrible judgmental at that time stuff like that i think what he's trying to say is room for individuality yeah <laughs> I, I love college now that's great all right all right I I have been, uh, i've been homeschooled for about two years now and ironically i'm more social than i was in high school it's who's, weird who's doing the home who's uh homeschooling you? Uh, mason me uh, i'm uh i'm i did it online and now um, it's my senior year, and uh, and I'm basically transitioning into adulthood, and that's kind of my curriculum, basically. 
Wait, you're homeschooling yourself online? Basically. How do you do that? How is that legal? <laughs> no guidance? It's pretty, it's pretty legal. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not going to college, so it's not like... Uh, it's not like the end of the world, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm interning in this. I'm too, I'm interning in this studio that we're recording in. Uh, I, I, I want to know a little bit more about this homeschooling yourself. Okay, I have a daughter that's homeschooled, but her mother yeah. homeschools her, and uh, and you know she's very structured, and and that one on one is definitely amazing. Uh, I'm all it for is. it. Uh, but how do you find the uh, what is it the 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 structure the the you you have to self motivate yourself. The motivation. Well, it's all about to, discipline, man. Yes. It's, uh, you know, and not everybody is capable of, you know, achieving that discipline. And I mean, that's fine. That's natural. But uh, I mean, it just takes a lot of self preservation and discipline. And I mean, it, it works out for the right people. I'm not. I'm not advocating this method of education for everybody. <laughs> well, that I says mean, a lot about you, Mason, that you're, you're very yeah. self-motivated and determined. Hey, and that's going to help a lot in any endeavor, including this band, Mankind's Remedy, yeah. you know? So, uh, I, I think that's, uh, I, I have to applaud you, uh, give kudos. If, uh, when do you see yourself graduating? Uh, sometime, well, this is 2020. So sometime this year, so when you go uh, online and you do your studies, do you have to take tests that are put into the state? Or yeah, uh, we have full control of, of my transcripts. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. It's it's very liberating to not be in public school and uh, you know have time to have a job and also do you know do things like this. Fantastic, Mason. Hey, yeah. I'm, hey I, like I said, I, I do commend you on uh, on studying, on keeping up with your studies, even on your own. And but uh, I mean, okay, one of the downsides of uh, homeschool, people will say, oh, but you don't interact with other kids. You you don't develop those feelings, those relationships. It just I, depends on who whose shoulder you're under, who's who, who you're relying on to uh, keep you homeschooled, because. There, a lot of parents will homeschool their kids to to shelter them, and that's not what my parents are trying to do. In fact, they're I'm, I, they're I think they're trying to do the exact opposite. Because, uh, I mean, well, uh, I'd imagine that you're you're staying out of trouble. You're, you know, you yeah. can get into a lot of trouble in school. I, I had my my share of fights. I mean, not a lot of fights. Uh, you know, I was a, a a fatter kid. I'm still a fatter kid. And uh, whenever I did get in a fight, I would pretty much just sit on them until the teacher came. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, that happens in school. You do get into fights. You you do have those yeah. struggles as people try to try to break out with their own personalities. And but and again, and, it's yeah, like yeah. it's again, it's about you know, discipline. You know, like it's you you learn to if you if you really try if, when you're homeschooled, you, you kind of learn that on your own, and it's really. It's way easier to to discipline yourself when you're not around as many people, not around as many people to kind of screw up that process. And Mason, you still have the the guidance of your parents 
on a oh, daily yeah. basis. They'll say, hey, did you do your studies? Did you go through oh, your yeah. classes? Did you get things done? Right. Well, good. You still have that very stable family home life. Traven, how's your, well, are you out of school now and into college? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I live on a campus right now, and I'm actually on a break till like January 14th, I think. That's a long break, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can get yourself in trouble there. No, but you're you're studying music, you said? Yeah, uh, music media. What What is music media? Uh, I think it's like the other path closest to music business. Kidding. And like, yeah, so like I'll be learning like marketing and stuff, I'm pretty sure like the music industry and how to like mix and produce and stuff like that. But also there's the whole thing of like, I have to like be in like ensembles and stuff like that for this curriculum, which is pretty good because I'm learning more with like guitar and stuff. There's this awesome guitar teacher over there, Dr. Jeffrey George, little shout out to him. Yeah. Traven, I think that's a great idea for any musician to get into the business side because a lot of people think, well, when they get into the music business, a lot of people are undercut and, well, for lack of a better word, screwed by the music business. So mm -hmm. this happens quite often. So you learning the ins and outs of music and the business itself. And thankfully, you have uh, a Brady uh, that's helping you guide, guide you through that. And we'll get into how Brady is involved with this and, and uh, a little bit more uh, as time progresses in this podcast. But um, Traven, what specifically are you learning about the music business? I mean, is it money? Is it contracts? Is it how to be an agent? Uh, what, what are you learning in school? I actually haven't got into it yet. They didn't like let me take a well, first they're giving me like theory classes, I think, but uh, they actually told me I couldn't take like music theory because I didn't know enough or whatever when I first got there, and it kind of sucks because how fast I'm going in like some lessons now, I definitely could have been able to do it. But uh, there's just okay, like, Trayvon. You, you're definitely touching on how schools need to be restructured. Kids need to be able to take yeah. the classes that they want to take, and not the classes that they have to take, because those are the yeah. ones that that are you're, you're going to drop out it, it, more often than not. You're gonna you're gonna leave that class if the teacher is teaching you things that you don't want to learn. You want to learn mm -hmm. music. You want to you know you don't want to learn the theory so much. All right, yeah, okay. Mozart did a great thing. Beethoven, he was awesome. That's wonderful. Great. Uh, but uh, how does that help me in my career in music? And right. I, I haven't even touched on that. Is Mankind's Remedy, uh, uh, is that something that you're playing with right now? Or do you want to make that into a career? Um, yeah, I would love it to be a career. But uh, no, I don't really know what's going to happen in the future, you know. Bennett or Mason may have to move to another state or across the world or something <laughs> weird like that. 
But, that's uh, not necessarily a deal breaker. I've already talked to yeah, musicians from all over the world, and they collaborate with people that they've never met that are in other countries, online, digitally. Uh, I talked to a guy in Australia. He's a guitarist, vocalist, and his drummer is in Israel. And his bassist is a thing in Germany, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And they all collaborated together and made an album. So it's not something that's that, it's not a deal breaker. Maybe yeah, touring, you'll have to all jump on different planes and meet up at the, at a certain place. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right, so you're you're not you haven't started learning the business but what's the curriculum is that what it is learning the music business itself um i know one class for sure that they said i could take was intro to the music industry and what's the the what was the synopsis on that one uh, the paragraph the blurb um i'm not really sure actually you're not sure what that that class is about yeah no jump on in man <laughs> come uh, on yeah. in <laughs> well that's cool i guess i'm just testing the waters or whatever all right now brady you're the the band dad uh how how is how are you involved are you are you getting gigs are you guiding them through their process or, uh, how are you gigs, doing this the gigs are sporadic but when they happen they just fall out of the sky and uh <laughs> you know we just gear up and go um <laughs> Any way we can, you know, kind of whatever. Just uh, so it's been, uh, you know, I mean, hey, these guys are, are young and they're new. And nobody, well, I say nobody, but, you know, very few people know them, know about them, know the music. And um, <clears throat> that was sort of my vision uh, getting them in here the first time for our first album, Faceless, was instead of these guys trying to ragtag all through god's creation playing for who knows what and where for how much uh and kind of uh lending itself to their music not flourishing um so getting that that first album done professionally um was was to me the biggest thing to do to uh help get it started on the right track so that um their calling card now is worldwide um, I saw this morning you've been playing some of their stuff, and in the past you you played a few of their tracks. Um, so yeah, we're actually playing everywhere, just not uh, live and for money. So <laughs> uh, and, you know, and look, I mean, hey, uh, yeah, music is not about money. You know, that's uh, you 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 start throwing money into music, and it 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 waters it down, to, in my opinion. Um, so I felt like this is the best way to uh, get them going and. And, and maybe the money will help support their music later is is more what I'm after. Give the money to support the music. Oh, yeah. The business uh, part will make it is the evil part. <laughs> that's where the greed and, comes and that, in. That's, that's what I want them to have to deal with because uh, the stress of just trying to get that part of it to work, you kill, you know, it might kill their creativity or kill their uh, their attitudes and, and uh, you know, so... Um, but you don't necessarily want to be a starving artist your whole life. You'd like to have no. make a living and, <laughs> of some kind. And, and that, that's just it. You know, get get the music out because uh, that's the whole thing. You know, you okay, so we get it on all these streaming sites and uh, we make uh, fractions of a penny per stream. So, but to get that to, to continually build up and to help support and help pay for little bits of their music production here and there, 
is what it's all about. So uh, we actually took uh, one year of revenue from TuneCore, which was less than $200, uh, paid for food and boarding for this uh, latest round of recording. You know, so it, it just helped a little. You see what I'm saying? Dig it. You're making money in the music business. Not a lot of money, but a little oh, yeah. bit. And, and that's got to feel good. What, what do you think, Mason, uh, making a couple hundred bucks uh, playing music? Uh, how, how does that feel? Uh, you know, you've been passionate about this uh, since a young age, since you, you started playing video games. <laughs> Are you still yeah. playing video <laughs> games, Mason? Oh, not nearly as much, now. <laughs> I mean, but how does that feel? All right, you didn't make a lot of money, but hey, you made some money playing, yeah, playing I mean, an instrument. That's fine. I mean, it's not uh, a priority uh, until it starts paying the bills, you know? Uh, I mean, and when that happens, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the guys have such a natural talent for our music that uh, I don't see why that can unfold if, uh, you know, if we manage it right. If we... Uh, don't uh, overextend ourselves and just kind of stay within ourselves and stay within the, the music and, uh, you know, let it, let it take a mind of its own. Excellent. Brady. So are you acting as the manager or are you sharing that responsibility with the other yeah, band, oh, dads um, and moms? <clears throat> I opened up the, uh, the music business cookbook and, uh, just sort of tackled one thing at a time. And one of the first things was, uh, forming an LLC for, uh, tax reasons and, uh, you know, for future endeavors. And, um, you know, so I had to kind of learn that side of it and, um, you know, uh, legal, all the legal stuff with copywriting and, uh, you name it, uh, getting to know the legal side. So I've had to, uh, learn a lot in a shorter period of time as I could because of my own financial, uh, means, you know, I got to stay within myself as well. So, I knew the only way to do it was to do it fast, as quickly as I could, and not miss anything. So a lot of this was moving forward and backing up a little bit, and then, uh, you know, kind of making sure I dotted all my eyes and crossed my T's and then moved back forward again and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little uh, stressful for me, too. But, you know, managing the stress and all that good stuff is uh, is part of life, and uh, that's that's what we do. That's That's why we're here today. That's why I haven't going crazy yet brady is that an actual book what's the name of that book if it is oh um i'll be putting it out uh, in about five years no no i'm saying you said you opened <laughs> no, up the book was I'm, it i'm joking um no the, the cookbook of music is called uh search it on google search the internet you know look for key things uh on exactly what it is i'm, I'm trying for now i did find kind of a uh a helpful guide. It's sort of like a X amount of things to do uh, when making a record or making music. And um, that was one of the first things I keyed in on uh, because this guy, and I can't remember the name, his name, uh, but he put it out and he's his own, he's his own business. You know, he turned himself into a business and does it for a living. And so he keyed in on, uh, I think it's actually 26 things uh, to do. And so I would do those. And, uh, when I get sort of in a rut, uh, I would back up and I'd just reread through those steps and it would usually something would pop out and I would say, okay, here we go. And I would keep going forward. 
Fantastic. Brady, uh, y- y- this internet thing, I think it's going to catch on. The kids are, are yeah. using it a lot. And, and, we're, and I think we're, you can we're find thankful you. Al Gore invented it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. When we were inventing the internet. <laughs> Thank you. That's my Al Gore. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm here all week. Now, you did touch upon something, and any any of the young people or any of the people that are trying to delve into the music business, incorporate yourself. Incorporate yourself. Incorporate yourself, man. I did it back in 2004. I've been DJing since 1986, uh, you know, on the radio since about that time. I wish I would have incorporated myself back then. Uh, the taxes and, with, you know, with the the president that we have now, th- that's it, it, just being a, a corporation. It helps you in your taxes so much. <laughs> so, yes, that's great advice for the people. And you did incorporate yourself. Uh, what's what's the name of your what's the name of your corporation? Uh, it was really easy. Uh, Mankind's Remedy LLC. Excellent. I did, that, that helped me keep things uh, sort of that way too. We also did the same with BMI when I did our uh, publishing license. Uh, you know, we did Mankind's Remedy Production. Um, you know, just trying to keep it all as uh, easy to manage in the mind, uh, so to speak, and uh, uh, it's worked out that way so far. Very good. Mankind's Remedy. All right, let's get into the name, Mankind's Remedy. Uh, why? <clears throat> this is Traven, Traven Hargrave. Uh, you know, he, it was his idea. I'll let uh, him answer it then. Uh, sir? I'll let him answer it. Okay, I was intro. <clears throat> All right, so here's what happened. I was sitting in like a physics class i believe physics or chemistry back in high school and literally all i did was draw a cool letter m and then i wrote mkr i believe and i was just like hey mankind's remedy and this was like when we were trying to think of a name i believe like before doing our first album so the name came like name is about as new as the album which is kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I just thought about that and I thought it up in my head and I was like, but here's the thing. Gotta let people know that I'm not calling myself Mankind's Remedy. (laughs) That's like, that's my one fear that everybody's going to like turn their heads away because they're going to be like, oh, these are just some like pretentious kids writing music thinking they're all that. But I mean, that's not it at all. I just, because music, is mankind's remedy to me. So I guess it's more of like a message to me. Traven, it's kind of hard not to get a swelled head when you're hanging out in front of a bunch of people and they're all having fun listening to your music, listening to you play. Uh, They're all there because of you. Uh, It's hard not to get uh, an ego the size of, uh, (laughs) of, well, Louisiana. How about that? (laughs) So, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You're, you're not saying that you're mankind's remedy, but it's a great name. Mm. It really is. <laughs> and it's something that just came, came about. All right. So when did you start playing together as a band? Uh, um, like, so yeah. we all started playing together. Uh, well, okay. Ben and Shaven played together for, I'm guessing, I like think it was the eighth grade. Yeah. So like a year before I met them. Uh, I met them my freshman year. It was their sophomore year. And uh, give me you know, years. Uh, give me years so we can get a timeline on this. Ooh, this was like I was maybe 
14 or 15. I was about to turn 15. So about two and a half years ago, I would say. Three. Well, I don't know when people are going to be listening to this uh, podcast. So give years on that. Uh, 2016. I'll make you yeah. do the math. <laughs> like, just, end, of, end of 2016, 17. <laughs> I just keep asking myself, how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out the years, but... Uh, yeah, uh, okay. about... It was my sophomore year. Yeah. I mean, Bennett played for two years. Yeah, okay. But I met them yeah. about 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. beginning of... Tw- or, yeah. uh, end of 2016, beginning of tw- uh, 17. And, uh, I mean, Bennett just... He was like... He saw me play bass like one day, I guess. And I wasn't that great at it. But he was like, you know, you want to come play bass for us? And just hang out? And I barely ever talked to them before that. And it was just like, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and we jammed for a little bit and we did it again and again for the next few months and uh we replaced some uh Traven's original songs I would do like cover songs because I wasn't really writing my own material yet uh but oh yeah Traven's played there's so many old songs there's so many that even we haven't even recorded oh yeah he Trayvon has so we played so many songs so so many original songs together and uh it's it's i mean it's been like this ever since i, I mean you know it's like the main focus now Traven, you say that you and bennett were together two years previous to that was that in the drum line um no this was uh back in middle school um eighth grade year so like the year before drumline. Well, I didn't start drumline until my sophomore year in high school. So what were huh? you playing together previous to that? Uh, what was the first thing you were doing? That. <laughs> oh. Uh, makes me, it's making me think back. There's like a bunch of old cringy videos of, of us playing. Because, yeah, we suck. We definitely sucked at the beginning. Did you leave them out there uh, on the YouTube or... Is this there's a, a video been taken on, down? There's a video on Bennett's Instagram of them playing some song. I don't know if it was a cover. That's, or like, that's not when we were too bad, though. In my yeah, it wasn't. Ever? It wasn't terrible. It like this was before. That was before I met y'all. Oh wait, never mind. That's my Instagram that has like infestation on it. Yeah, which is like one of our new ones. Yeah, no. Uh, there's another one that that's on Bennett's Instagram, and it's like yeah, it's cool. I think it wasn't was- terrible. You know, when you get huge, all the news medias are going to want to look back and find out the early beginnings. Hey, this was oh, them yeah. when they started yeah, we back in 2016. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we were playing like a just like a slowed down, really heavy version of Breed by Nirvana. Maybe. Oh, that's that might, also yeah, that might be what it was. Might be what it was, yeah. Excellent. So, uh, had you been playing covers in 2016 when you got together? What were the covers that you were playing? What was the What was the first things oh, that you were playing? A lot of it was what I was obsessed with back then, which was highly suspect. I was just, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I grew out of it because, I mean, I I'd been uh, obsessed with that band for such a long time. But uh, that was basically a. Uh, you know, the majority of the covers we played, along with some other songs that I listened to and some of the songs that Trayvon listened to at the time. But I don't remember them all. I don't remember sure them all either. Yeah. Hey, I don't, don't remember all Don't be afraid of, of your obsessions. Uh, I've been obsessed with Queen since the 70s. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I still like them. Uh, I think there's, they're very diverse. 
uh, all their albums are completely different it seems like they're different Mm -hmm. completely different bands each album they reinvent themselves and i know you touched upon david bowie loved him since then too so uh, yeah yeah, don't don't be afraid of your obsessions yeah no nowadays i'm definitely not afraid of what i'm obsessed with now i'm and i've I've listened to weird, weird, weird bands for the past year and a half. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Death Grips, but as soon as I started listening to Death Grips, it was like downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Death Death Grips was the most pop, uh, uh, the most uh, mainstream of the bands. It all went downhill from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The most widely appealing band that (laughs) I've listened to since death grips was death grips so weird yeah the most mainstream (laughs) yeah i mean is that affecting your creativity at all oh absolutely i don't think so i make my own solo stuff at home on my own like just in my room Mm -hmm. and and i'm really proud of it and like i'm uh you know i don't think i could have made what I'm doing now, and I don't want to like surprise it because, but like, I don't think I could have made what I'm doing now, uh, if I never listened to Death Grips or if I never listened to these weird Black Midi or like a bunch of other bands. Like, I don't think I've ever, I ever could have made what I'm doing now if I didn't listen to those. Bands. I probably would have been, you know, just another highly suspect protege that has you know you know a few different musical influences you know i think you might be turning my listeners and myself onto some new bands uh things that we might need to to touch upon put it in our headphones uh drop them into the old uh into the old iphone (laughs) yeah and i've gotten i mean i've gotten bennett and traven into a lot of the bands i listen to it's there's amazing music out there if you just look like a a lot of people will say that you know like rocks dying or whatever and in sure in the mainstream possibly i mean i'm not going to name any names but there's you know it's not what it used to be but if you look past that if there's a, a, a lot of like brand new rock bands today that are consistently in innovating and evolving the genre for people who you know who are willing to listen to it you know and it's it's sad that people think that rock is dying because it's it's i mean it's not it's not alive in the mainstream but it is live and well in like the underground the alternative scene it there is amazing music out there today and not even just rock anything else now I'm gonna There's ask so for your, for what bands you're into today besides the Death Grip and which bands that that you may be touching the the mainstream on. But what you did touch upon is, is that you you do some stuff on your own, and I, I I find that a lot of bands are like this. They're creative on in their own individually, and then they create mm-hmm. together. Uh, Traven, do you do things on your own as well? Do you record some things in your room? I actually started, yeah, I bought a interface not too long ago and played around on GarageBand and I just purchased the uh, kind of expensive app Logic. Oh, he's bragging now. Oh, they're making <laughs> that kind of money. I get it. Uh, <laughs> no, if you're going to do I, it, I mean, do it's it right. not too expensive, so it's probably not really 
probably i mean i don't really know much about it i don't know if it's as great as it sounds but uh i've been liking it so far it was only like two hundred dollars maybe and that was like stuff my parents gave me for christmas <laughs> thank you mom and dad appreciate it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So was it a good Christmas? Are you still celebrating? I mean, as much as you can. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. Definitely oh. since I'm like off from a uh, college, it's like uh, the whole winter break. Letting people know if you're listening to the podcast, we're just into 2020. It's a Saturday, a, a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in uh well they're they're in louisiana and i'm in arkansas and we're here on the phone <laughs> so uh yeah. it's, it's january 4th uh 2020 uh, the year of clarity uh how's your year been so far um pretty pretty good i guess it doesn't really feel too different or anything i mean recording an album is a great way to yeah, start that's, off that's, that's a great way to start Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right. So, say uh, since you're you're talking about recording albums, uh, you did you do your first one in 2016? Um, no, uh, 18. Uh, 2018. Sorry. Okay, so from 2016, when you first got together and you were playing some covers, uh, yes, a, a lot of the the ones that you that you were obsessed with. Uh, but uh, from 2016 to 2018, how did you form into an original band and how many original songs had you created and who was doing the the songwriting and yes i'm going to throw a lot of questions at you so you can answer whichever ones you want so who was doing the songwriting and uh how often did you practice and did you put this in front of uh any people did you do any shows go um we did like a few shows and uh it was like really small gigs, like yeah. like small town festivals, and uh, I mean a bar or two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a lot, but I mean uh, Trayvon does all the songwriting. Yeah, um, I do uh, the lyrics and the guitar, and then we kind of just throw everything together after that. Yeah, we just kind of pick up on the baseline idea of the song and we just kind of go from there. And we didn't really practice that much. Yeah, we don't... I mean, not to sound conceited, but we kind of don't need to. I mean, we... Yeah, I'm sure we need to go over it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You need to at least know what song we're playing, but... They gel gel together so well that... Even though I'm, you know, I'm worried about how much rehearsing time they've had before coming in the studio, um, I have to kind of step back and realize that, you know, they've been doing this for a while now together. Mm-hmm. So they know all the cues to look at on each other or to listen for. So it, it really does just fall together just like that. And our method of like creating, it, it's not like, you know, we write this stuff down and this yeah. is what we're going to do at this time and in, in this tempo. And, you know, we just kind of, even in the studio, we, we've just kind of, you know, like I said, laid down the baseline idea of the song and just kind of developed from there. There's, there's, there was no, there was, there wasn't like a solid plan. You know, it was just kind of doing what feels right. Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted to practice these songs a little more than like we got to, but yeah. it ended up, perfectly fine because really i just sat in my room playing them to myself yeah like forever for like about a month or longer yeah just sitting there singing them to myself 
It's like my problem is like forgetting my own lyrics sometimes. Yeah. So I just had to sit there and memorize them all, which I think is like probably like a really big accomplishment for me. Here's a typical interview question in three, two, one. Traven, tell me about your songwriting process. Hmm. Um, oh, God, it can be like anything. I wrote about like a story that I heard one time. I wrote about a poem, the uh, the walrus and the carpenter or something. That's like a little bit what Hey Buddy is about off of our first album, Faceless. Uh, talking about the sun is out and the sky is black and stuff like that. And, like the weird story about it, like the clams were like pretending to be friends or the walrus and the carpenter were pretending to be friends with the clams so they could cook them and eat them or whatever. <laughs> It's like weird stuff and hysteria was about like the Salem witch trials and stuff like that. I know that. Because like everybody's like, you know, hysterical going crazy. Ah, burn them on the stake. Uh, witch. <laughs> so Traven, are these stories that you were, well, uh, for lack of a better word, forced to read in school and they enhanced yes, your creativity? Yeah, actually, it was because of school, but I guess uh, those were the two that I remembered the most and liked the most, and I just wrote about that, and sometimes I could write a song just because I thought of, like, one word, and then, like, the whole song would just be laid out right there, but, like, that's kind of, like, long ago, like, uh, Distortion Head Overdrive, that one off our first album. I was literally like, you know what? I just need a weird title for something. So I looked at my pedal board and I saw distortion and overdrive. And I was like, huh, about distortion head overdrive. And I just wrote a bunch of weird lyrics and that was it. Well, that's <laughs> a way to process as well. And I, I, I know I said that you, you're forced to read. There are a lot of books that I read in high school and I read in school for that matter, all through school that are still in my head today. I can still think about them. Uh, Beowulf, for sure, and it is one that, that I read and it blew my mind. And it, there's so many movies that have been made uh, about the story of Beowulf. The epic poem, uh, Norse gods, and 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 uh, the Beowulf and Grendel uh, dichotomy. Uh, I mean, have you heard of this story? Um, I mean, not really, but you've, I remember uh, seeing a bit of one of the movies for sure. Yeah, you've probably seen a movie. Uh, the Thirteenth Warrior <laughs> was a Beowulf movie. There's a, there's many movies adaptations that have been called Be Beowulf and. And, uh, you know, this is one that got stuck in my head. So I'm all for reading in, in school and outside of school, for that matter. So, so uh, are you a poet or is this uh, are you a lyricist? I, I think a poet writes poems and then possibly can be they can be made into songs or they could just be left alone. And then there's a lyricist that. You know, even though you're writing things that rhyme, you're already thinking about the music that's going to go along with those words. Um, which which do you which category do you fall in, or is it a little bit of both? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I kind of I stopped worrying a little bit about rhyming. It feels like a case by case basis, depending on which song you're yeah trying to kind of song you're trying to go for. So the it. first thing that you wrote that you thought would be creative, I mean, outside of a, a class assignment, 
And maybe it was a class assignment. Uh, was it a poem? Or were you writing poems? And, and you said, you know what? This will make a great song. And you made a beat? Or were you thinking of a beat and you put words to it? I think I actually may have had the guitar part before. And then uh, I might have called it Hey Buddy before I heard the story. Yeah. That's, I actually don't remember that part, but... Yeah, I I mean, a lot of people when they're yeah when they're doing these podcasts, they kind of think about wow, I hadn't thought about that in a while. So Mm -hmm. you know, formulate the the thoughts and oh yeah, that's true. So what was the first song that you wrote, and how did that come about? Oh Jesus! Okay, how about the first song that you recorded? Let's put it that way. Because sometimes the first song that you wrote, eh, it might not be that good, which is why it's not laid down on any uh, in any MP3 or any media form that can be uh, consumed by anybody. The first song that actually got recorded and you put it out there to the world, you said, hey, this is good. Hmm. How did that come to be? Hey, buddy. Yeah, that's kind of funny. That was also, hey, buddy. But uh, before we did it in the studio... I also recorded it somewhere else before, but yeah, I, didn't, did. I didn't publish it. Or yeah, I just I kept it that. to myself. And it kind of just sounded too, too, too produced. I don't know if glossy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess it didn't that really wasn't sound. raw enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how, how would you think it's too produced? Um, was it bubblegum? Did it feel like. Oh, this is, it doesn't even sound like me anymore. Uh, yeah, the voice for sure was different. And also, like, we didn't have, like, real acoustic drums for that. Like, the guy was just pressing it on a keyboard and he did it. I didn't really do anything. I, all I did was guitar and vocals and bass. Yeah. Hey, that's and, not unheard of. The guy, uh, what is it, uh, Foster the People? The, the uh, Pumped Up Kicks was a song maybe yeah, four years ago or so. And he made that song in his living room is what the story I, I've heard. He made all the, the whole song himself in his living room without his band, sent it to the record company as a demo, and they put it out just like that. And, hmm. and now when they play it live, it's not anybody who was on the, the song because it was... I guess his name is Foster, Foster the People. It was him by himself. So that's not something that's unheard of. Uh, you can play things on a keyboard and put it out there. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to hear all that stuff live, man, to see musicians, uh, to to get up and, and get out. Uh, I mean, did you hear the story of Foster the People? Um, no, actually. You just heard it. I remember. (laughs) And once again, don't look up any of these facts. This is fuzzy memory from yours truly, okay? (laughs) I remember being really into that song when I was young, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, uh, and you're like, oh, okay. And I guess his band, you know, a day or two later, oh, they're just putting that out, you know, without us. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, hey, uh, stories of bands, and and these are things that that pops into my head as we're talking to mankind's remedy. The two two out of three ain't bad, and, and a band dad too. So that's that's not bad. I feel I feel bad that uh, your other member is not there, 
Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we'll get him on a podcast as bigger and better things happen to mankind's remedy. So 2016 to 2018, you uh, you wrote that song. Was it, uh, what was the buddy? Hey, buddy. Yeah. Tell me more about the process of Hey Buddy and why that was so glossy and how you had to tone it down. I think, uh, I believe that was also sophomore year. Yeah. What year? That's, uh, is that 2016? Yeah. There you go. So about 2016, might have been in 2017 when I did it. But, uh, I remember writing the guitar first. And then I heard that, uh, I can't remember if it was a poem or some other type of literature, whatever you call, whatever you call it. Um, but, uh, after that, I like, I think I like sort of subconsciously wrote the lyrics and then realized, Hey, this sounds kind of like the walrus and the carpenter. And there's also like another version of the story where it's backwards and the clams eat the walrus and the carpenter, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, so there was that. And I think it was going to be acoustic first. Okay. Uh, and did you record I, that anywhere? Um, no, I didn't do it acoustically. I did it, uh, with electric at a music Academy, actually, where I took lessons, uh, I don't what remember did your instructors how. and your peers think when you put that out to them? Um, I think for sure they liked it and like they just uh, gave me ideas or whatever that I could do with it later on. And, and uh, how did you incorporate their ideas uh, into your into the finished product? Um, I think I just sang it better. I think that was my only ideas because my teacher at the time was my vocal teacher. So I think he showed me like other ways I could sing. And I can't remember. I probably just uh, got better at like singing higher pitches and stuff. But uh, instrumentally, everything just kind of gradually got better. Like when we did it over here at Dockside, we, um, I put uh, backing guitars that I never even thought of. I literally thought about it the day of recording, I think. And was like, oh, here we go. I'm putting this on there. And you say backing guitars, like overdubbing? Um, yeah, like uh, playing different chords over the melody. Okay. Yeah. So makes, like, it, makes it kind of hard to play live. <laughs> unless, you, unless you're yeah. hiring somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't really worry too much about that. We never yeah. really play anything My thing, the same I don't, much. I don't believe in playing songs live exactly how you hear them already in studio mm -hmm. format you know i think every live performance should be unique to that moment and uh i mean that's why it's why people perform live in the first place because it's you know something that you experience in the moment you know Mm -hmm. Yes, it becomes a shared experience. Uh, well, uh, what, what's your view on on those bands that change the the words or the lyrics of a song to match the cities that they're in? You know, I, the, originally this song said New Orleans, Louisiana, but I'm in uh, uh, Baton Rouge, so I'm going to change it to Baton Rouge, or or I'm in uh, San Diego, California, so I'm going to change I mean, it to San Diego. What do you think about that? 
I mean, the inception of that, whoever came up with doing that, I'm sure it was cool for the time. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's, it gets us a neat way to interact with whoever you're uh, performing to. <laughs> it's but, pandering. I mean, it's pure pandering. But I mean, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> so is moshing. I mean, that's a that's a great way to perf- interact with your uh, crowd. <laughs> All right, so uh, you, you jump off the stage and get in that, into that mosh pit. Is oh, that yeah. one of the things? Oh, okay. The, the thrill of that, man. That's very it interactive. <laughs> it's very primal. <laughs> Giving the bands a hands-on. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, cool. All right. So that's how you wrote your, your, your first song, or at least the first song that, that showed any real promise, and, and that one's out there that people can listen to, right? Um, yeah. Cool. It's on a first album, Faceless, and I think it's the, the very first, first song, too. Track. Yep, yeah. I'm looking on your Spotify. It's the, well, you have five tracks there that I can see. and uh, basically, uh, our Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. All right. Uh, well, let's go from, from there. Uh, how? What are the other songs that, that you put on that first album, and how did that first album actually come to be and maybe this is a, a a question for brady since he was instrumental in in putting the album together uh with you guys honestly the weird thing is i think some of those songs on that album are newer than the songs that we're having on our second album which uh i guess they're kind of new to us since it's our first time like playing them all together and stuff yeah. but some of them are like old songs that i wrote like way back when yeah, I mean, face, Faceless, I mean, I have a soft spot for it. It's kind of uh, just uh, thrown together of what we thought yeah, sounded I mean, at it, the time, I guess. We didn't, there, were, there wasn't as much uh, time allotted as we have mm-hmm. right now to, uh, I don't know, kind of trim down what was, uh, I mean, that, that, that album was very spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but in the time we managed to put it together, I mean, it's a, I think it's a pretty impressive effort. I mean, dude, hysteria, uh, start again, distortion, head overdrive. I mean, uh, th- those songs are great. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that now we have time to do more things with with this I think next album. By is still my favorite off of that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad you had that material that was setting us setting aside that you weren't sure about for the first album. But you're touching upon something in the music business that I, I've, uh, you know, I, it's always it been interesting to me. Maybe maybe it really hasn't bothered me, and it's an observation that I'm sure other people have had. People put out their first album, and it becomes a, a success. Wow, amazing! All right, now in another year, give me another one, and you, you don't realize that these artists had their whole lives to come up with this material, this creativity, this, these ideas for this first album. And now in a year, you want me to come up with a whole new set of ideas. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it it's gotta be hard. It has to be hard. I've never done it uh, and, and you're doing it, uh, but you're, how many, how many songs do you have in your repertoire that you have not put on any other album? I cannot give a <laughs> very accurate number of that maybe like hundreds by now hundreds of songs that haven't been fleshed out that that haven't been i mean are are they uh 
able to be played on a stage or are these primarily ideas that are living on a hard drive somewhere, maybe partially recorded? Is um, that- well, they're actually just uh, ideas living in a book right now. Oh. Like a, I have like a giant journal full of like lyrics right now. I might be halfway full of it or something like that. Wow. So, yeah, is it, are you, you say you're a, but you are some kind of a poet as well, right? Uh, I would think so, I guess. Have you thought about putting out a book of poems or do you think that would burn your, burn your lyrics, (laughs) possibilities to, uh, for songs (laughs) or they could still be made into songs, even if they, they are put out in poem form. Have you thought about making a book of poems? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, probably not. I think I prefer to just make them into something like music. Okay. So how many things have are, are, are produced? How many songs that do you have in your repertoire that you can go up on stage and just play them with the band? Um, let me think. So like, well... About thirty, something like that. Yeah, that. probably about yeah. eighteen. Maybe? No, uh, twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah, twenty-eight. That's about uh, two hours of music right there. So mm-hmm. if you want to hire out Mankind's Remedy, you'll get uh, a good two hours. I mean, you could stretch these things out uh, even into three hours uh, of music. And and it's from okay, I'm, I'm taking it back to 2016 to 2018 you were playing smaller venues then uh, as a band and were you playing originals at the time or were you playing more covers or was it half and half well uh, this is Brady again um actually they after the first album came out um that's really when everything started happening as far as live performances but the great thing about it is when we did get those live gigs they were able to get on stage and play their original music they didn't have to play crowd favorites and whatnot. So to well, me, that, at that point, it, it didn't really matter how many people were there. It was the fact that they got to get out in a different setting with different, uh, you know, sound equipment, whatever, and play their original music, you know, to work on performing their original music to a live audience, you know, so which they did have people there, but not like, uh, you know, where you would uh, want to take your music to the larger crowds, but um that, I think, was the best part of that for them. No, Brady, as long as people are, are know what they're, they're there to expect, they're not expecting to see a cover band. They're expecting to see a brand-new band that is putting out their original stuff. I, 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 what was the response from the audience uh, when, you were, when you were at the merch table? And I'm guessing you had a merch table. I'm hoping you had a merch table. Well, I'm still learning uh, what that is. Uh, merchandise putting out your cds oh yeah, yeah no. uh, <laughs> t-shirts I, put it in we have we have all that stuff we have shirts cds and whatnot and uh, uh but uh, well that's where you get to interact with the fans yeah the way it all happened that became kind of a moot point like no let's just get out there play the music and let them know that you know our music is available and if they want it uh they knew where to get it all right. Well, afterwards at the meet and greet, what do the what the kids say? What the fans say? Uh, uh, we we haven't we haven't had that type of performance yet, where they get to actually inter interact with 
a music audience. You know, most of their interactions have been with the bands that they opened for, played with, mm-hmm. uh, and their uh, fans or people. So they haven't really had that exposure just yet. Well, that's a nice thing that that bands have is uh, whenever a bigger band will come into your town, sometimes they'll try to find a local band to open up for them and right that helps i mean but That's uh, we we keep our we keep our eyes open for stuff like that yeah i mean i've i've heard you do have to pay for that experience though is that something that you've had to do what's that that you've had to a lot of people have to pay to play uh, okay say oh, uh, okay. say poison so, see, we, yeah we poison have. comes through and <laughs> and uh, they go uh hey uh who wants to open for us it's uh two thousand dollars yeah so we have an opportunity that was offered to us recently and just right now with uh producing the album and getting this next one done they wanted 60 bucks for us to submit to them and then they would tell us when and where we were going to play and i'm like mm, no thanks <laughs> okay yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Th- th- this is more of that business that show business or that business yeah. show maybe the business should be first <laughs> and then and, and, you know just for us right now um you know i'm not saying i would never do that but uh timing you know uh the way that this one all came about um i just looked at the logistics of things and said no nah, we'll pass on this one let's focus more on where we are now yeah, you definitely have to weigh out your options. Uh, you say, you know, Aerosmith comes into town, and uh, hey, Mankind's Remedy, could you open for us? It only costs you a thousand bucks. That's and I'm uh, guessing that's low. I'm guessing that's I real think, low. I think we would uh, invest that thousand dollars more to our advantage. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. to put your faces out in front. But then you, man, you be you would be so nervous before that show, <laughs> just practicing every day, every day, every day. <laughs> all right so uh what's your what's your practicing process how how often does the band get together and uh and play and and what where is your practice space is it is it there at your house or or do you have another space to to play in it changes um yes not really like a scheduled thing or anything yeah. we all three of us work now so it's a little harder all right well tell me about the joe jobs <laughs> any anything that you can make into a career or is it something to pass the time away <laughs> oh i'm i'm definitely not working at domino's all my life <laughs> i work with traven at domino's yeah. i actually got him hired there and maybe not for uh not for the best can we get an endorsement from domino's for hey, this they, they have <laughs> fine pizza products uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Domino's. We actually have a table right now full of Domino's pizza oh, yeah, that I yeah. bought for the band earlier. Hey, pizza just might be the perfect food. My family, I think, wants to have some pizza a little bit later. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, and that's not a bad job, man. Are, are you a, a driver or a cook? Are you making the pizza? What are you doing? Shaven's actually a biker. We have yeah. bikes now. Wow. I yeah. didn't know that the city was that tight. I guess it, you, oh, are you living in a bigger city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lafayette. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Downtown Lafayette around uh, where, near the UL campus where Traven goes to college. I'm sure I've like probably almost died a few times. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine so. I watch those guys on, on movies and uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. daredevils. I have a, a few times. I've probably almost died a few times and I don't even drive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and, and you're Mr. Dan. Mr. Dan, yes. Uh, if I may, please, uh, 
we are we are in studio right now the clock is still turning oh um, that's why that yeah, okay. we can we can kind of wrap it up and uh Absolutely. these guys actually have some stuff that they're going to be uh working on here as soon as we get off uh, some well that's what that's tracks. where we're at brady uh where we are today and where we're heading into the future with mankind's yes, remedy uh tell me about what's going on right now uh, you're in the studio right now recording this is album number two yep and how, how many two. songs are on this one 16 <laughs> 16 songs people don't record albums anymore they throw them out as singles onto spotify or, or apple itunes we're, wherever you we're get actually music. gonna we're gonna yeah. start it off like that and then put it out put them all out at the same time a little later but it should still be in this year 2020 hopefully so what kind of media are you going to be putting it out on is it all digital media or are you going to be putting everywhere some as much as we can, uh, yeah, just wherever we can, and yeah, whatever we can afford. Thinking about sure. putting out a, a limited album, perhaps a vinyl. Man, I want to do vinyl that, so bad. That is that is definitely it's, like something that okay, be really cool. If we drew, if we had a good solid fan base, uh, yeah. you know, that would be something to look into later. Sure enough, sure enough. So uh, name out the songs, and uh, I guess they're all there. You've been practicing for how long to put? these 16 songs on a on an album a few days yeah two days <laughs> two days uh, and how how, yeah. mu how much time do you have to put them on the album in studio mm -hmm. like we we had like, all day uh, yesterday uh we have a little while left of today still and then and we have a little while left tomorrow and that's it what yeah, do you have finished then, uh, so far uh, all of it yeah we are uh, like all of it like as in Bef you know, before mixing and mastering and adding, you know, and fixing vocals, fixing vocals and uh, more like backing guitar, lead and rhythm. But the the all the performances are done. And who? So what studio are you in? And and who's doing all the the mixing for you? Give Jack's them shout outs. Mister Justin Tockett. <laughs> he's actually sitting over there, but he yeah. doesn't like doing podcasts. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll let him stay quiet over there and do his private meditating. No, that's fine. I mean, I, I'd like to give credit where credit is due. It, 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 you know, putting stuff together is not just one person, not just an individual. It's always a a, a, a concerted effort to put. Uh, uh, so he's, he's been in the, he's been in the business about as long as you have. Uh, I know he has probably twenty six years behind the board over here. So. His, uh, his ear is probably better than mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's well, good to have. It's good to have one of those. Say his name once again. Justin, Justin Tocket. <laughs> that sounded like a song, man. I think right. <laughs> we might do one about him later on. Yeah, you will. Any uh, <laughs> any places that people could see you perform in the Lafayette area or around? All they got to do is call. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did, you, did you hear that Aerosmith? I know I've already put it out into the universe. Uh, call them <laughs> next time you're in town <laughs> and let them play for you. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, the members of mankind's remedy. Uh, I hope to meet up with you in the future. And we have Traven and Mason out there and Brady, the band dad, the, the manager, the man that's learning all this, all the behind the scenes stuff and putting the music together, man. Uh, any last words for the people? I guess we could start with Trayvon. Um, uh, please listen to my music. <laughs> I need your help. 
<laughs> and if I could shout out, if I could shout out my my solo effort, Punk MMFD, you'll search that up, man. Like, mm. and if you like, if you like what Mankind's Remedy is doing, don't expect to like my solo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, let the people know how to get a hold of you. Is I guess it's Mankind's Remedy any, anywhere. I, I pretty much put it, put Mankind's Remedy into the Google search, and everything came up. All of your yeah. stuff came up. I think there's there's somebody that's named almost what you are, but it's pretty simple to to discern which one's which. Well, and that was the other thing too. We did. Uh, I had the the name of the band trademarked. Uh, so that we wouldn't run into any issues like that down the road. <laughs> I think there's a Keys Dan in England, and he said, "Oh, mate, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I use your use that name? I'm a pianist." And I said, "Man, I have no problem with that. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, mankind's remedy. Find him everywhere. I know they're on Spotify and 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 the like, but uh, certainly on Facebook and and uh, and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, who, who's doing all the posting? Brady, uh, yeah, I, I opened up all the accounts, and um, I'm the one. I did the um, claim the Google page that you were searching on. I just recently got that accomplished. Uh, but yeah, it's uh seems like as I'm uh, kind of wrapping up on promoting the first album, um, I know that this time around, as far as what I did the first time, will take probably a fraction of that time now that it's all there. Uh, so I wasn't, uh, nervous or concerned about putting out another album because, you know, once it's done, it's done like riding a bike, they say, huh? Oh yeah. Brady Price, you're the glue that puts Mankind's Remedy together. I appreciate you being <laughs> on, the, on the podcast. Uh, any last words from you? Say something loud, Traven. <laughs> say something loud, Traven. And I guess so, I didn't get the... I'll- I didn't get the last words from Mason. Uh, you'll be the last words for this podcast. I don't want to hear Tourette rants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no like I said, shout out Punk MMFD. That's all I got for you. You just okay. to try it out, man. It's great. Well, there you have it, party people. Mankind's Remedy. Well, I had two two out of three of the members. I was talking to Trayvon and Mason, and I got to talk to Brady Price. Uh, that's the the band dad. He's learning the ins and outs of the biz, making sure that his boys are well protected, and uh, he's already incorporated them, and they're recording their second album right now. I know I had to cut the interview a little bit short because they were in studio uh, I was kind of iffy when when we set up this time uh, on whether it's probably a good idea. We're burning studio time to to do a podcast. Yeah, I don't want to put a time limit on this podcast. So uh, yeah, we we could do this uh, again in the near future. I want to hear more and more and more from these fine fellas of mankind's remedy. They're out there in Louisiana doing their thing. So if you need some entertainment at your next event, your next venue in the Louisiana area and perhaps they'll travel uh, if the uh well if the money's right you know but uh, as you heard in the interview it's not about the money right now right now it's about them putting their their band together and putting out their their stuff and hopefully it does make them a living uh, you know uh, quite often and I mentioned it in the podcast that 
uh, when you hear the word artist, starving is right in front of it. And hopefully these uh, these kids make it. You know, it's they got a chance. Any chances, any. They, well, did I say that right? No, I did not. I obviously did not. Words hard, talking hard. And they're a three-piece band. They got a drum. They got a, a bass and a guitar with vocals. So uh, that's all you need for a rock band. Uh, go and see Mankind's Remedy at a at an event near you. And if you don't find them an event near you, make an event and then hire Mankind's Remedy. Find them everywhere on the, well, I Googled, like I said, I Googled Mankind's Remedy and they pretty much just popped right up. They got the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and they're all over the, well, the Spotify. I think they pay them a little bit. They said they made a couple hundred bucks uh, last year and, Hey, hopefully they keep making hundreds of dollars off of the little pennies per play that you give them. So put them on your Spotify list. Give them a give them a listen. Do it. Rock on as you do the things you do. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Uh, if you want to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keysdan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of Keysdan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. This is Keys Dan. And this is Shelly G. And you're listening to RadioWhat.com. Radio What, the music you want, with some words to live by. Growing old beats the alternative. Dying young. A public service message from RadioWhat.com. The music you want. Radio